We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Balaam provoked the angel of the Lord when he went back to God again concerning a matter that God had already answered him on. He said, well, I'll go back before the Lord one more time. And notice what happened. And God came unto Balaam, verse 20, God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come and call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, thou shalt do. Balaam rose up in the morning to go with him. And God's anger was kindled because he went. Now this, when you read this sometimes, you might say, well, why in the world was God's wrath kindled or his anger kindled when he said for him to go with them? And because he went, he got angry about it. But you have to understand something. God said, don't go down here. Now we ought to take heed to that. I think sometimes we do the same thing with God. We'll go before God or his word and we find out what he said in his word. And then we'll go pray about it and see what God will say himself about it when we already have his word for it. And to tell you quite frankly, God's not going to change his mind. What he said he means, and he's made the decision. He said, don't go with them. You're not going to curse them. You're going to bless them if you go. He said, just don't go. But he went back and asked the Lord again. Now, I think there's some things, some implications here that we could get into. We might get sidetracked, so I guess we might better just stay with this. But when we ask God something, we ought to stay with what he said. God's anger was kindled because he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. And you know the story. I will not take time to read the whole thing. But he was riding this donkey, and this donkey saw the angel. The angel had his sword drawn. Now what happened here is simply a matter of him provoking an angel. And this angel fully intended to kill him. He didn't intend to just frighten him. He fully intended to kill him. But you know the story there. The donkey moved out of the way and he whipped the donkey. And finally the angel moved down to where he couldn't get between the walls where he was and cut him off there and the donkey finally fell down under Balaam and began to talk to him. Now, Balaam had provoked God and he had provoked an angel and it almost cost him his life. And let's notice what is said over here in verse 32. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass this three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee because thy way is perverse before me. In other words, it's contrary to what God said to do in the first place. Now let's go to Daniel, the third chapter. And let's look on the other side where the three Hebrew children released the angels. Balaam provoked an angel. The king's right-hand man provoked an angel. But the three Hebrew children released angels. Now we can learn some things from that because when you get into the fact that one provoked and the other released angels, then we need to learn how to release an angel. I don't know about you, but I had a whole lot rather release angels than to provoke an angel. Because God had some strong things to say about it, and he had some strong things to do about it. Now, let's pick up with this here in verse 15. 
Let me just give you a little of the background of the story to refresh your memory. I know that it's very familiar to all of you, but Nebuchadnezzar the king had been making this decree that if anybody bowed down and worshipped any other thing, that if they did, they'd be thrown into the furnace. They'd prepared this music. They were going to have to bow down and worship this image. And uh, the three Hebrew children had not worshipped. Now look at verse 15. Now if you be ready... At what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, and all of these musical instruments. He said, if you worship, it'll be well. But if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? Now, does that sound familiar to you? Sounds like what we read there in Second Chronicles that Sennacherib was so struck on himself that he thought no one could deliver out of his hand. Now listen to what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered. They answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us out of the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Now, you notice that they didn't hesitate. They didn't say, well, now, king, we'll have to pray about this. We'll have to think about it. Let us talk about it for a day or two, and we'll let you know. (laughs) No, they said, we don't even have to think about this matter. We want you to know now that we've already made a decision. We're not going to bow to that. Now, what we've always heard concerning this, or the way I've always heard it preached, actually does not bring out the true context of what it says. Now, I want to point out several things to you in this that I believe will be of great benefit to you in helping you understand what actually happened under this pressure situation with the three Hebrew children. Now, here in verse 17, where it says, If it be so, our God whom we serve will deliver us. Now, most of the time I've heard that preached this way. If it be so that our God decides to deliver us, then He will. And if He doesn't decide to deliver us, then He won't deliver us. But we want you to know we're not going to serve your God. But now let me point something out to you. That is not what is being said here. And if you'll follow me very closely as I go through this again, I'll point out to you what is actually being said in this matter. Now, back up to verse latter part of verse 15 before we can really truly understand what's being said here. He said, But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fire furnace. Now that's what he threatened to do to them. I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. Now here's what they said. If it be so. Now, if it be so, what? See, don't jump to the conclusion there too quick. Because when you do, you may miss the whole point altogether. If it be so, that you do what you said you were going to do. Now, that's the idea that's portrayed here. They're not saying if it be so that our God decides to deliver us. They have made the statement that our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and He will deliver us out of thy hand, O King. Now, that doesn't sound like that they're saying, well, maybe God will, maybe God won't. We never know what God will do. But if He does, it'll be great. If He don't, we'll just burn. (laughs) No, they didn't say that. They said, if it be so that you do carry out your wicked scheme and do throw us in the furnace. 
then we want you to know that we're not going to serve your God and that our God will deliver us out of your hands and out of the burning, fiery furnace. But if not, now listen, if not what? He's not saying if our God doesn't deliver us. Now let's read this whole verse 18 and I'll show you why you can't interpret it that way. But if not, now if it's saying if God doesn't deliver us, let's read it that way and see how much sense it makes. If God doesn't deliver us, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Well, now, wait a minute. If God doesn't deliver them and they get thrown in the fiery furnace, they're not going to serve anybody's God. They're going to be a cinder in about five minutes. So they can't be saying that if God doesn't deliver us, we want you to know that we won't serve your God. Because Nebuchadnezzar had sense enough to know that if God didn't deliver them, they weren't going to serve anybody's God. They are saying, but if not, if you change your mind, king, and if you decide that you're not going to throw us in the furnace, if you repent and decide not to throw us in there even after we defy you, I still want you to know that we never will serve your God. Now see, that's the idea portrayed in this verse of Scripture. They are not saying that if God decides to deliver us, He will, and if He don't, well, we'll just burn for Jesus or burn for God. No. No, that's not the idea at all. Now, he got mad about that. You know that if you read the story, I'm sure you have. And so he heated the furnace seven times hotter. Isn't that just like the devil? What difference would that make? If God can deliver you out of the burning fire furnace, it wouldn't matter how hot it is. But now... You know, some of you think you've been through some fiery trials, but you've never been through one like this. Now, here's what I wanted to point out to you. He got three of the strongest men in the whole kingdom and threw them in there. Now, when he threw them in there, it killed the men that threw them in. He had heated the furnace so hot, seven times hotter than it had ever been heated. Verse 23, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, that'll get your attention, won't it? He came near unto the furnace, and he spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire, and the princes, the governors, the captains, the kings, counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was the hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Now they came through the whole thing, not even the smell of fire on them. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. I trust you've been blessed by the Word of God. We have an offer this week. It's CD offer number 7240. It's two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. It's entitled, The Substance of Things. We're talking about faith is a substance of things hoped for. But the Apostle Paul in Romans, the first chapter, makes a statement that's very important. He says, For the invisible things of him, talking about of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made.
even the eternal power and the Godhead. Now, the invisible things are clearly seen. How do you understand and see invisible things? By things that are made. Well, what did God make? He made man in his image. He created the earth. And man is a spirit. He has a soul. He lives in a body. It reveals the Godhead. The invisible things are understood by things that are made. That's the reason Jesus taught the way he did. He would take a seed and he would say, If you had faith as a seed, you would say to the sycamine tree, Be plucked up by the root, be planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Now, see, they knew something about seeds and planting. And he said, the kingdom of God is if a man should cast seed into the ground. Now, who casts the seed? The man does. And it should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knows not how. So he tells you that things that are made reveals how the kingdom of God works. Now, for instance, a Polaroid camera. It works by the polarization of light. That film in that camera is so sensitive to light that it imprints on that film what it's exposed to. That's the way the human spirit is. Your human spirit, if you expose it to the Word of God, it imprints the Word of God in your spirit, and it will develop in you and bring forth the manifestation of the promise of God in your life. This will give you great insight into how the substance of things can work for you. That's CD offer number 7240. A total of $19. The toll-free order line is one eight seven seven three nine six ninety four hundred. Until tomorrow, this Charles Caps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call one eight seven seven three nine six ninety four hundred, or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box sixty nine, England, Arkansas seven two zero four six. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.